Episode 12 of Pods in the Key oh, of Springfield. Springfield. What was that song we were doing there? I don't know. I decided to jazz up our already okay. really quite jazzy theme song. Because I went with it and immediately realized that I could not. Also, I'd like to uh, do my first correction of the episode. I said jazzy theme song. Really, it's more big bandy. We actually got given our first correction the other day. I, um... I forget what it was now. We mislabeled great one of the actors. Riff. Great riff. <laughs> I think we, we said somebody was somebody when they were actually somebody else. Was this in our Arpu chat in episode five? No, no, no. It was the um the RV salesman. Oh. Listener Michael Irving said to us that we got the name of the actor wrong. And you know what? I would have looked it up. I would have gone and checked the, the records, the logs. Sure. And found out what a mistake was, but... You know, this is hardly a professional operation. I can't even remember that we would ever discuss the name of an actor that isn't Nancy Cartwright. I, I only remember discussing Nancy Cartwright. And who does Nancy Cartwright play again? Um, uh, Bort. But Nick, Bort is a little boy. Nancy Cartwright's a woman. See, Jaikul. Yeah. Anyone can be anything these days. Oh, okay. Also in the 90s. Okay, okay. Is that what that was, or is it just that her voice suited the little boy? Yeah, it's just that her voice suited the, the little boy. Noted Scientologist Nancy Cartwright. Oh, yeah, she is, isn't she? Which, uh, you know, won't say anything in case she ever comes on the podcast. Nancy, if you're out there. Very much doubt she'll ever come on the podcast. <laughs> That's true. Uh, our, feet, uh, our feet and levels are far too low. <laughs> Nick, have you been testing your feet and levels? I may. No, some nice people in a shopping mall did it for me. Okay, what were they? I only had, well, I'm I'm not sure, but I had to hand over so much of my money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, that explains a lot about how you've been living. I think they said scientists, but I couldn't quite see all of their signs. So what was your thetan level in the end? Um, whatever bad is. Bad. Okay, how many thetans do you need to, like, go super saiyan? Well... Um, I, th- I mean, we, d- I didn't get that far into the program. Okay, okay. Uh, what is Super Saiyan? Is that a video game reference? <laughs> I mean, uh, let's not go down that path. Let's, let's veer back onto the main road because the secret shortcut is not working out and discuss. It's pausing the key of Springfield. Let's talk about Bart versus Thanksgiving. Sure. The, uh, episode in which Bart thanksgiving yes uh and i think who better to discuss this than two australians who have spent their whole lives living in australia a country where we have neither thanksgiving nor intra-family disputes i mean we don't just not have thanksgiving we do not give thanks nor do we give no no, no thanks, no giving. Yeah, I've never given in my life. You I've know, only taken. You know how the motto of Seinfeld was no hugs, no learning? Yeah. Motto, motto of Australia, no thanks, no giving. Yeah, our other motto, unfortunately, is get the fuck out, we're full, which is not true at all. It's so not true. Yeah. We have we have real problems in Australia, Nick, and it's not okay. 
No, it's not. The way we treat asylum seekers is ridiculous. Not to mention, you know, there's a lot of things we could dig into, actually, but that's for a, a side podcast. What are you giving thanks for, John? What am I giving thanks for? Well, Nick, the thing that I'm really thankful for is my friendship with, um, what was his name? Uh, Michael Irving? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Michael Irving did actually send me a nice message about yeah. 20 minutes ago. Yeah. So Noted correction giver, Michael Irving. Michael Irving. Irvo, if you're listening. Big shout out for him. And if you're not listening, then fuck you, you should have kept listening. No, he You had, are our only listener. He had that one correction and then said, well, I'm done. That's not true, actually. We have... How many listeners do we have now? Like, dozens at least. Yeah, I, I, I think As it's safe point. to say dozens. You could fill an egg carton with our listeners yeah. if our listeners were shaped like eggs. And it was like a really big carton as well. well no, so that, yeah, but More if, than 12 eggs would have to fit into this carton for it to... Oh. Yeah. Yes. Huge carton. Yeah. I feel like we're getting off topic again. Sure. I, I apologize. But versus Thanksgiving. Now, thinking back to my childhood when I used to watch The Simpsons as a wee lad, I would later become a Wii U lad and then eventually a Switch lad, but back in the day... Good. Yeah. When I was uh, watching The Simpsons, I seem to recall deciding that this was my favorite episode at some early oh. point. Any some particular reason? Early. Well, that's what I was wondering while I was watching this. I do not remember what it is that I liked about this episode so much because it's a perfectly fine episode. It's not bad. Are you filming me right now? I thought you were taking a <laughs> selfie there. I was taking a selfie. I thought I'd take a selfie looking at you. Oh, okay. Um, is there any particular reason why you thought this was your favorite episode? Well, watching it back, I'm really confused by that because it's a perfectly fine episode. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not even the best episode we watched tonight, let alone the yeah. best episode of all time. That is true. Mm. Um, I, I, it's a perfect, perfectly good episode. I, interesting that you... I mean, I think this is one of the biggest journeys that we've seen Little Bart go on. Little Bart. So maybe when you were Little James... To, oh, because by the way, that's James and I'm Nick. Yeah, um, I'm Little James. Every time we we get to the end of the episode and we give our Twitter handles, I'm like, oh, should we have done our names up top in case anyone can't tell our voices apart or doesn't know them yet? Uh, anyway, that's fine. Uh, maybe when you were little James, you looked at the little Bart's journey and went, oh, man, wish I went on a journey of self-discovery like little Bart. Is that why you like the episode? You wanted to go on a little journey of little self, little discovery? I mean, the only journey that I remember going on at that age is uh, me and three friends traveled into the woods looking for a dead body and we followed the train tracks and uh, Keith Sutherland was actually coming after us for most of this journey. Oh, and eventually, yeah, we had to confront him and there was a knife fight and there was a story about a fat boy throwing up at a pie-eating contest. My favorite game. Jekyll makes a movie reference and I am baffled to decipher what it is. It was an adaptation of a Stephen oh, King story. Lost Boys. No, but let's go with that. That's fine. That's close enough. Does that have Kiefer Sutherland in it? Yeah, it does, actually. Fuck, I've done well there. He plays one of, the, one of the vampires. One of the Lost Boys. Yeah. yeah one done... of the eponymous Lost Boys. Of... <laughs> in their self-titled autobiography, Lost Boys. In a lot of ways, I myself was a lost boy. And mm. that I loved the taste of blood. And I would drink it often. And, and you still, also... sometimes, I thirst... With a sweet, clenching flavour. And also, you really liked the uh, the late 90s, early 2000s TV series by Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Uh, which one is him? Dark Angel? No, Lost. 
Who was Dark Angel then? Oh, that was when um, the the hot guy from Buffy went into his own series, but like there was a twist. Okay, okay. I don't remember his name. Hot guy from Buffy. Spike yeah. Angel. Yeah, Angel. Oh, okay. Then there was a spin-off series called Angel. Okay. And then there was a twist, like Angel at Night, called Dark Angel. There wasn't actually Angel at Night. There was Baywatch at Night. There was Nick at Night. All your favourites. It was just me. Yeah. Because I'm a deep narcissist. (laughs) So it was both me and all my favourites. Just me. You, and yet not you. Very Peaksian. I've been thinking about Twin Peaks a lot. I don't want to go down that alley. Uh, Okay. Because the latest was very good. Uh, so the chalkboard gag in this one is Bart writing, I will not do that with my tongue. Nick, what do you think Bart was doing with his tongue? I mean, the real answer is not the funny answer. Sure. I think the real answer is he was just doing something weird with it. As in, like, you know, the kind of 10-year-old boy, like, trying to roll it up or just, like, extending it and, and grossing people out. The funny answer is he was doing something horrible. How bad would it have to be, though, before his teacher makes him write on the chalkboard after school? Maybe maybe we're missing some context. Maybe he was actually doing, like, uh, he was trying to do an impression of Xena, Warrior Princess, and her, like, shrill tongue, yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, and, I'm impressed and, with that. You managed to pull it off, more or less. <laughs> and Miss Hoover went... Uh, no, Krabappa went, I'm not having this. <laughs> no more of that, that weird Xena yeah. tongue thing. When Xena is eventually on the air, that's not going to be a good impression, Bart. That's what she said. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. more of a Hercules, the uh, Legendary Journeys fan. The Legendary Journeys thereof. The fact that neither show was on the air yet is not really an issue for a crab apple. Did you ever watch Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? I did not. Good. So, um, this episode opens... <laughs> This episode opens with Bart suffocating Lisa over yeah, a tube of glue. Over a tube of glue. Yeah, just uh, holding a pillow down over her face and pushing it down mm. so that she cannot breathe because she has the glue. Yeah. Is there's something going on here? Has Bart been huffing this glue and is he now addicted to it? I guess my first question huffing, is... Huffing, sniffing. You sniff glue, don't you? Sniffing. You huff you paint, you sniff glue. Okay, good. I'm yeah. going to make a note of that. <laughs> All right, please do. Um, <laughs> you have paint, you sniff glue, I'll make a note of that, please do. It's a nice little Hallmark card that we've created there. <laughs> um, hello Hallmark, to Hallmark. if you're listening. Hello to Hallmark if you're listening. <laughs> I actually am friends with a Hallmark animator. I might hit her up after this episode, so got a oh, great idea for sweet. a card. I'm friends with the Mark Hall, so if he was checking in a library book. <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to Mark Halls in my time. But enough about <laughs> whatever that was. Whatever that was. I was. No, I had nothing there. Um, uh, I guess it depends on what kind of glue it was. I mean, maybe maybe we're taking the wrong clue. Maybe he was actually on bath salts. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, uh, is there any other evidence in this episode slash the series that Bud is maybe addicted to bath salts? He ends up on the wrong side of the tracks. That's true. Which only happens... When you're on bath salts. Mm, mm. Something to ponder on. <laughs> what else am I going to do for this episode? Because we have said essentially nothing yet. Okay, so early on, they're watching a Thanksgiving Day parade on the television. Yes. And they there are balloons based on Bullwinkle uh, and, and Underdog. Yes. 
and uh, none of those fancy cats that you're a big fan of, <laughs> which I think we've talked about on the podcast. Top cat, crazy cat. Yep. None of those. Nope. With but, good reason. But the camera does show a Bart balloon. Yeah, because Homer says something about if you give every flash in the pan cartoon star a balloon and then a little Bart floats past on the screen as a balloon. Mm. Um, Do you have any <sighs> thoughts on how this might tie into all of that time travel nonsense you've been carrying on about? Well, if we go into the omelette universe. Sure. So you remember that my most recent version of the time travel theory yep. is that time exists in the flat circle like an omelette, mm. uh, but here we have two uh, intersecting timelines, like a flipped omelette, mm. and they're blending between the timelines, so the omelette's a bit runny in the middle still. Uh, <laughs> so I'm now calling it the omelette-verse. Um, so here we have 10-year-old Bart, who is your average run-of-the-mill, non-celebrity person yet. There are bits in the Simpsons universe where Bart does gain some celebrity. Uh, you know, do the Bartman and, and all hey, that neck, stuff. Neck, neck, neck. Yes? I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, it's a bit of good clean fun, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, isn't it just good to sit around with your mates? Um, Love to have a cold one with the boys. But here's... And here's just chat about the things we didn't do. Here's my confusing... Here's, here's the bit that I get confused with. Is that this must be... So, I'm convinced this is two blended timelines, right? Two timelines crashing together. Mm, absolutely, yes. Um, but in the Simpsons universe, when Bart becomes famous through I didn't do it and do the Bart Man and whatever else, in that world, he's a real-life person. And yep. yet, the joke is that in the Simpsons world, he is also a flash-in-the-pan cartoon character. So, in the Simpsons universe, when Bart becomes famous, is there a cartoon made about little Bart? That's what I was wondering. That seems like a distinct possibility to so me. So, within the Simpsons universe, there is. Is it the Simpsons or is it just Bart? Is it just one of those perfect mid-90s sitcoms that are just called something like Bart or <laughs> Moesha? Or, does anyone remember Moesha? Moesha? Yeah, remember the singer Brandy? Yeah. She she had a sitcom in which she played the lead and it was called Moesha. I do not remember Moesha. Yeah, I watched a lot of junk TV in the 90s. Sorry, Moesha. Sorry, Moesha. Um, uh, I remember Joey, and that I remember that Joey existed. That I was the, the Friends spin-off, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. But Joey just walking around saying, hey, it's me, Joey, forget about it, I'm Joey over here, hey. I'm Joey over here. Um, uh, I uh, assume, I never watched it. Joey Tribbiani, I believe his surname Sure, is. Joey Tribeca. Um, I've got a question for you. Yep. Uh, so Marge's mum has uh, laryngitis, or at I least... I love Marge's mum. Marge's mum's a wonderful character, and also I like the way that, look, I'm going to go out on a limb, she doesn't have laryngitis. She's just using that as an excuse not to talk, because she does a lot of talking. I feel like maybe that entire family suffers from laryngitis. I think you might be right. Here's my question. Laryngitis. Ever had it? No. I have. It's real fucked. Oh, no. About a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, it was yeah, after- look at your watch. <laughs> yeah, I know, because I wanted to remember what month we were in. Do you have a little counter in the corner, days since laryngitis? <laughs> oh, I, I will now. I'm going to put that in as a- Nope. <laughs> I used to know what the additions on a watch face were called. Anyway, I, I'll put that in as a thing. <laughs> um, no, remember when, when we went to that Recklink Community Cup footy game last year, the charity one? 
Yep, which was a bunch of people playing football for charity, just yeah. to give some context there. Yes. AFL football being our national code. No, 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 incorrect. Australian rules football. AFL is the competition, not the sport. Anyway, um, it'd be like referring to soccer as Bundesliga. You don't call it Bundesliga, you call it soccer or football. I'm just sitting here shaking my head and neck petulantly. That's fine, because I'm being petulant. But <laughs> after that game, I had a... After we watched that game, I had a cold that turned into laryngitis. And for two days, I was properly struck down with no voice at all. And the thing that I found really surprising is, I thought, yeah, well, laryngitis, that's all right. You can still whisper. Nope. No whispering. I had to use every part of my force to make any sound, even a whisper. Very distressing. My friends loved it. I can imagine. As one of your friends, especially, I can imagine, just yeah. the sheer joy I would experience. And I, I had to go to the doctor, and this was like, you know, when you go to the doctor, there's a degree of conversation that you need to be able to do, right? Yeah. And I haven't seen... So, I went back to the, my family doctor, the one that I've, I've gone to for all of my 30 years, mind you, haven't seen him for about eight or nine years. Um, and he was like, oh, hello, Nicholas, how, how oh, I believe you've got, like, you know, getting into the thing. And my opening sentence was, Hello, Doctor. I apologize that I have to talk like this. It makes me feel like I'm in a low-budget horror film. But it's all I've got. And he laughed. And he laughed and said, Well, Nick, I'm going to go in and check your charts. And he left the room. And he was gone for a little while. And you started to think, He's been gone a little while. He should be back here. And you go out and you look for him, but he's not there anymore. And the woman who is at the desk at the front is not there. None of the patients are there. And then you hear this screeching noise, and you look you look to the wall, and you notice that it's streaked with blood. And you follow that blood streak, and you find written on the wall, in blood, Get out now. Feeding time has begun. Have I told you about... The time that I thought something like that was happening in a Domino's pizza. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. So, I went to <laughs> I went to the Domino's pizza in uh, Pasadena, the one near the Foodland over there. That's Pasadena in South Australia for any international <laughs> listeners, not the one in California. Don't triangulate. Don't try to find where Nick lives. Yeah, not the not the Pasadena in California. But um, I went there. This is probably ten years ago. And you know how they've they've got the the screen that faces the customer that shows like the orders that are being processed now and and when it's ready and that kind of stuff. So place the order, and um, he said, "What's the name for it?" And I said, "Nick." And he went, Rick? And I said, no, 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 Nick. And he said, Mick. And I said, no, 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 Nick, N-I-C-K. And then I look over at the screen. The shop was empty, by the way, and there were no orders on the screen. I look over at the screen, and it comes up with, get out. (laughs) And I just stare at the screen. I stare at the guy serving. Without breaking eye contact, he walks away from his till. And I'm left standing in the front of this Domino's pizza going, what is about to go down? Is this a direction to me? Or did he not understand my name? And after the third try, he was like, fuck this. I'm going to put anything up on the screen to make this guy leave me alone. 
Is there a resolution to that? What happened? Did you get your pizza? Ten minutes later, I went back and I had myself a large pepperoni pizza. <laughs> okay. Yeah, pretty good too. Yeah. Anyway. Um, baseball bat on the roof. That was my next note. I thought I'd, I, I thought I should try <laughs> you to. You skipped over the entire episode. Though. Okay, sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to your notes. Your notes are more reliable than mine. I was reading the, uh, that big Simpsons guide that I have at home, the one that covers the first 20 seasons. And sure. One quick little note that I had never picked up on before. When Homer's talking about the Dallas Cowboys, his favorite team, which is some nice foreshadowing for things that happen like six seasons later. Sure. The two players mentioned are Wolodarski and Kogan, which are the surnames of the two writers of this episode. That's a good point. Because uh, I don't know if you know this, but The Simpsons is written by people. Like have a, in a room and talk about what the episode should look like. Like 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 Wikipedia. A little bit. So I can go and edit a Simpsons episode. I mean, you could make your own Simpsons episode if you wanted to. Should we do that for a future episode? What like cut together? Write our own script and then act it out. Oh, I'd rather do that than watch the flipping movie again. <laughs> we'll write our own movie and then perform it. We'll call it The Bartman Cometh. Behold the Bartman. Behold the Bartman, yes. A lot of options here. God, what else happens in this episode? So, the overarching plot of this one, just in case anyone's gotten like 20 minutes into this episode saying, what the fuck are these guys on about? This is the Thanksgiving episode. Where Bart destroys Lisa's centerpiece and then petulantly runs out onto the streets. Do you ever see that movie, The Human Centerpiece? (laughs) (laughs) What would that look like? They're just going to stitch people together until they look like a giant turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I'd like to see. Are you going to make it shit into each other's mouths? No, that would be gross. (laughs) You would use the toilet. You've severely misunderstood our plan. (laughs) Can we just make one out of, like, you know, wood and felt and other materials? That is a better idea. I reckon Kang and Kodos would have a human centerpiece. Mm. A human centerpiece. (laughs) Yeah. Is that meant to be Kang, Kodos, or Sean Connery? Oh, that was meant to be um, your favorite. Zolok the Preparer? No, I got that wrong. (laughs) Serok. Serok the Preparer. So close. (laughs) I slaved in the kitchen for days for you people. Anyway, uh, so Bart runs off and he wanders around the streets and eventually he ends up in a homeless mission and then he realizes, oh, my life is actually fine. I'll just go home. Yeah. And uh, he kind of learns a lesson. That's the extent of the plot. We'll keep digging into the miscellaneous bullshit we picked up on, though. Yes. Bart really sucks in this episode. Yeah, he's not great. He's a shitty little kid in this one. He fluctuates. Little Bart. Often I'm quite fond of Bart. In this one, he's pretty shitty. And nobody really calls him on it apart from Lisa. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes where it feels like Bart is uh, conceiving some mischief that maybe could be prevented if somebody simply stepped forward and said, Bart, you're being a bit of a dick right now. Don't suffocate your sister. Don't throw her creations into the fireplace. Just calm the fuck down, kid. I'm not um, a a parent. Uh, wait, what? I'm not. Nick, are you? But are you aware of the child that's up there? Oh, that's not mine. No, I don't want that in the episode. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, um, there's a child up there, Nick, and I, I, I was speaking to her. I said, "What's your name?" And she said, "My name is Clara." <laughs> and I said, "Oh, Clara." 
What's going on? Why is, this, are you, uh... is this another movie reference? Or are you just being weird? <laughs> I'm just I'm riffing on the whole oh, horror, horror film thing we were doing before, bro. Oh, the horror film thing. Yeah. Yeah. My right. name's Get Out. <laughs> would you Did like you see a, the movie Get Out, like by the way? Pizza? Was it about me ordering pizza? It was not, actually. It was about... Didn't, uh, didn't see it. it massive narcissist. Mostly about racism. Oh. Yeah, it was oh. really good. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best of the year. Sure. I've heard about it. Yeah, movies are good. Uh, Lisa writes a poem later in this episode, which is... Didn't write down the name of it, but it's a plagiarism of the poem Howl by the guy who wrote the poem Howl. I forget his name as well. Oh, wasn't it called Howl for the Unnoticed or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. By uh, Howl, by the guy that James Franco played in that movie. I really should... Oh, the ca- his character in Spring Break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he goes trapped yeah. for 127 hours, and while he's trapped, he writes this poem. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and the first line is, look at all my shit. I got shorts in every color. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Except in this one, it's about, uh, I saw the best meals of my generation destroyed. Sure, sure. Instead of mines, you know, it was about war, but Lisa co-ops this war poetry, so it's about her struggle. The other thing about this episode, and this is becoming a bit of a theme in season two that is now much clearer to me than it was last time we watched these, I suppose. There was an ongoing thread in season two. Of Lisa really badly being mistreated and underappreciated. Yeah. And it's kind of actually genuinely sad the more they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm finding things sad. Mm. It's sad when sad things happen. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, actually, Nick. Thanks. I would like you to elaborate, though. Well, see, when <laughs> when when sad things happen, yep. we, as as people, have an emotion called empathy. Oh, okay. And that can that can cause sadness. Lisa writes in her journal, My brother is still gone, and maybe it's my fault, because I failed to take his abuse with good humor. That hurts. That really fucking hurts. That hurts. That is like a genuine attitude people take into bad domestic situations and then mm. carry in their hearts. Mm-hmm. Being realized in this eight-year-old girl in mm. this uh, this cartoon funny. Lisa has some terrifying revelations, doesn't she? Lisa is being failed by society more than any other Simpson. Lisa, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Lisa. Lisa, it's your birthday. You smell like gasoline. Yep. Uh, first kiss from a boy. Yep. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, what else happens in this episode? I don't know. I actually didn't have that many notes for this one. My next note is baseball bat on the roof. Baseball bat on the roof. So when Bart gets up to the roof when he goes back home and finds the bounty of frisbees and and there's a soccer ball, there's an American football. And what have you. And heaps of frisbees. There's an alarmingly high number of frisbees. Mm. But uh, the one that confuses me is the baseball bat. I can understand soccer balls being on roofs. Mind you, two-story house. That's a kick. Mm. That is a kick to get a soccer ball up into a two-story house. Same thing with an American football. Um, and you you would think that with a with a sloping roof like yeah, they would just come right back that off. they'd come right back down. Especially if you kicked it with enough force for it to get up, it's gonna it's gonna bounce, right? That's actually noted in the guidebook that I was looking at earlier. Oh, really? All these balls on the roof. That's kind of weird. <laughs> the... Yeah, the frisbees are the only one that makes sense. But the baseball bat makes the least amount of sense. 
Was that a rage incident where someone just hoiked the baseball bat after striking out? Well, depending on depending on how it got there, it was either a really good or a really bad swing or throw. Interesting. And this isn't even... I mean, you know there's that episode later on where Homer carves his own baseball bat and it takes on a magical quality. Yeah, the magic baseball episode. The magic baseball episode. He could have just gone up to the roof and there, there, there was one there, ready to go. Yeah. Didn't have to do all the carving in the middle of the night. And it seems pretty easy to get onto the roof. Pretty easy. Bart does it with such expertise that it seems weird that he hasn't been up there before. Y- yeah. Mm. And then Lisa gets up there, also with expertise. And she's an eight-year-old girl. She's an eight-year-old girl. Bart's a ten-year-old boy. Yeah. I'm a 30-year-old man-child. Yeah, and I'm whatever age I am, and I would also find it very difficult. I'm going to cross off baseball bat off my notes. You're going to cross it off your list? Cross it off my list. All right. The only other note I had was, the boy nobody wanted just won the Super Bowl, which is what Bart says when he's acting out his own little Super Bowl skit. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon there are like 400 albums called that? (laughs) And they're all like acoustic five-track albums of guys wearing like plaid flannel shirts and trucker hats with beards. Well, I feel like uh, if you ever watch the Super Bowl in the interviews at the end, about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe eleven of the people on the team that won will turn to the camera and say, "Yeah, take that, Dad! I just won the Super Bowl." Ah, uh, I have watched the Super Bowl once. I watched it for nineteen hours. I saw forty-four seconds of gameplay, and I do recall that being said in some of the post-game interviews. Oh, okay, that's uh. Nick, were you watching the Super Bowl slow down? Oh, no, that was in real time. American football's real slow and tedious. But, 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 but Nick, you watched it for 44 hours, you said? Yeah, it was a super long play. Why has that become a running thing? So the next episode we watched was Season 2, Episode 8. Did you have anything left on... On Bart versus Thanksgiving? Uh, no, I'm good to jump to the next Sweet. one. Bart the Daredevil. Bart the Daredevil. So this one's really interesting, of course. Uh, Bart becomes blinded in a chemical accident and assumes the mantle of Daredevil. He uh, he puts on... Because <laughs> he's sighing there, but he puts on his costume. He's dressed up in red. <laughs> he uh, He's a lawyer, of course, as is the plot of Daredevil. Yes. Uh, well, I relate to that. He takes the law into his own hands in the streets of Hell's Kitchen, of course. He sure. fights the nefarious kingpin, who eventually turns the entire city against him. Okay, hang on a second. Let me just take stock here. So, you're saying Bart is a blind lawyer superhero who only works in Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. Yep. And takes down a bowling alley. Hit me out here, Nick. Daredevil, traditionally, that role is occupied by Matt Murdock. What was the name of the Daredevil that Bart took the mantle from in this episode? You've really done a number on me there, James. <laughs> it was Lance Murdock. Oh, Lance Murdock. Yeah. And now hey, Bart. Matt, it's me, your cousin, Lance! <laughs> Lance Murdock! Um, you know that crime fun style you've been looking for? Well, listen to this, you blind guy. That's not even Johnny B. Good. Your kids are gonna love it. Yeah, Bart becomes the blind 
That explains why. That explains why in this episode, Lance Murdoch, the Daredevil, the last thing he said before the jump was, "Watch me for the changes." Yeah, that's that was why, because of the whole Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great Scott. Back to the Future is a good movie. Have you seen Back to the Future? I've seen bits of it. I wouldn't say I've seen all of it. No, that's true of most films, though, isn't it? Uh, no, m- most films I haven't seen bits of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Oh, it's good to have so This friends. episode, of course, was written by the legendary comic writer Frank Miller, who, uh, you know, is one of the seminal Daredevil writers. I, I didn't take the name of the actual writer, so we'll just say it's Frank Miller. Oh, sure, 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 sure. So, He's a comic book guy, isn't he? Yes. The episode opens with Bart and Homer separately watching the wrestling. And this this episode did something that annoyed me a little bit. By and large, very good episode. But right at the start, where they're watching the wrestling, and Bart's getting pretty into it, and Lisa says, Oh, please, Bart, you don't really believe any of this is real, do you? (laughs) Now, the thing is, nobody is under the impression that wrestling is real. And it always kind of bothers me. When shows like this make a joke uh, about people not realizing uh, that it's fake. Because, of course, they do. It's very clearly not real fighting. That is built into the DNA of what wrestling is. It is performance art. Can I and that is bit- understood by everyone watching. Can I draw a bit of a parallel? Would you say it's similar to if you see like uh, a stand-up comic at an open mic comedy night saying, like, guys... Have you ever looked at what rap lyrics really say? And it's like, yeah, no shit. They're full of internal jokes. That's the idea. Yeah. Um, saying it's similar to that. Yeah, no shit. Wrestling's fake. That's the idea. And so pointing that out is not a joke in and of itself. Yeah, well, it's also just one of those things where it's like, let's assume that the people watching this are complete fucking idiots and have misunderstood, like, what is actually the central idea of this thing that they are watching. Of course sure, it's fake. Sure, it's sure, like sure, a soap sure. opera, but with yeah, yeah, yeah. athleticism and people getting the shit beaten out of them. It's, uh, sure. So, apart from that good episode. I've always thought UFC was fake. Yeah. I mean, they punch each other in the face. Yep. And then they fall to the ground, bleeding, yep. often with their skulls shattered. Yes. But the idea that it's fun or enjoyable is fake. Yes. Yeah. I agree. And the idea that people try to pass it off as actually a really intellectual sport, fake. I mean, the thing with, with a bit of a tangent here, but the thing with UFC is like, it is true that there is a lot of strategy involved and it is like a thoughtful thing on a lot of levels. But every time I've tried to watch it, I'm like, oh no, they're just beating each other up really badly. This is very difficult to watch. I think it's the, I, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think it's the kind of thing that can be intellectualized and have strat- strategy and techniques imbued into it but it is not in and of itself strategic nor technical nor intellectual i'm inclined to say i've probably done more research into this than you but that's that's okay i'm almost certain that you have (laughs) but i think when the tactics boil down to hit the other person harder than they hit you i'm not gonna stand by and agree to it being a tactical there's the whole floor game as well you've got to you got to have your floor game on point what like twister exactly like it is actually quite a bit like twister Really? Did they have? I didn't know the ref spins <laughs> and elects what part of the body you can hit with what part of the body. Yeah, and then they're all like falling over each other and laughing, and then if you laugh too hard, you get punched in the face. So it is like Twister. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, well, I, I'm refreshed to know that it has a, an element of twisting in it. 
and shouting, much like Chuck Berry. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Rhonda, it's your cousin, uh, Marvin. Marvin Rousey. <laughs> yeah. Marvin Rousey. Nice. You know that fun style you've been looking for? <laughs> well, let me describe this to you. <laughs> Watch me for the changes. One, two, left, right, left. Homer, Bart, they're watching the wrestling, and then there's an ad for Truckosaurus. Yes. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. It does that whole thing. Yeah. Which I enjoy. Yep. And one thing that I was thinking during this episode, and maybe you had a similar thought, this is a kind of this is a pretty sweet episode. There's a lot yeah. of really nice moments in this yeah, one. Yeah, totally. Because all the, I mean, in the early scene when they're watching the wrestling, you know, Bart and Homer completely mirror each other's scenes, even though they're completely yeah. separate. I like that. Um, I like that to bring a different level of meaning to the word sweet. I like that the ad for Truckosaurus contains people on dirt bikes riding up a jump and dunking a basketball called the Dirt Riding Dunk Masters. That <laughs> is fucking sweet. Damn right it is. Um, and I would, I've seen, I've seen my fair share of like dirt bike stunt people. Never have I seen them introduce basketball. <laughs> Or NBA, as you probably call it. Ah, uh, you punsy wankers with your NBA. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, um, on some level, I feel like this episode is kind of making fun of the concept of this whole Trocosaurus monster truck rally thing with dirt bikes. But, you know, as a 29-year-old man, which I guess is how old I am right now. You've remembered. Watching this, it was gone, you know, gone through life. I've, I work in, like, academic fields. I'm moderately learned, I suppose. But I'm watching this. Where I feel like they're making fun of, like, the kind of person who would want to see this. I'm thinking, that looks fucking incredible, though. Like, look at the, look at the level of artistry on Truckosaurus itself. That is a phenomenal piece of engineering. Truckosaurus is a very complex machine. And it appears to be, like, sentient. Like, I I don't know. Is is it being controlled? Is it, is is it? There seems to be an implication that the Truckosaurus has feelings. Yeah. Is it, like, is it animatronic? Is it robotic? Is it a marionette? That would be ridiculous. Um, Is it just something they found? (laughs) Slightly muddy in a creek, like when they found Homer and thought he was a Sasquatch? Yeah, I mean, isn't that basically the plot of all those Transformers films? They just found some cars that could do cool shit, and then enlisted them into the US Army, more or less? Oh. Is that... Oh, okay. God, the third Transformers film, there's a scene... Where they're talking about the Transformers and like, you know, the Transformers are our friends now. They're here to, they're here to help the people of Earth. They are, they are going to help humans, humanity. That's what we're talking about. Humans broadly. Very next scene, the Transformers are in the Middle East just attacking some sort of, uh, uh. compound. Uh. And it's like, these Transformers are very clearly allied with the Americans. You are talking uh. very broad about it, a very specific alliance. Is there a Transformer called Step Down who takes like 240 volts and turns it into 12 volts? No, but there is a Transformer called Step Dad <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> who takes you to the zoo <laughs> once a month. Yeah, he's just a little. <laughs> Like, he's a little harsher on the other Transformers than he's really uh, uh, able to get away with. <laughs> he turns into a very reliable, like, a uh, <laughs> uh, very reliable, like, camper van <laughs> when he changes. Oh, that's funny. He's um, got, like, this mustache and he's always, you know, smoking a pipe and, you know, your mum seems to like him, but you're not so sure. Mm. Transformers. End. Revenge of, of the Stepkids. End of Riff. <laughs> um. So I am very pro-Truckosaurus. 
very in favor of Chocosaurus and everything that he does. Sure. I also love that when Bart and Homer see this ad, their first impulse is to run towards each other. Yeah, it's kind of lovely. Like it's uh, really nice. And Bart jumps up and is looking for his dad and like runs out the front door. Homer immediately runs to his car and drives home, drunk because he is so excited and drunk. Yep, he's. I mean, he kills like three people on the way home, but he needs to let. I should update my death toll from like episode two or something. Yeah, the death toll nine hundred. I mean, we're gonna go into Norman watch in a moment, so we've got some real flashbacks here. Man, we, we might hit all our segments, but I might mention how. Simpsons has ruined my life later. Yeah, and maybe um maybe the truck was Colossus is doing. Oh, that would explain its its yeah. apparent sentience. Yeah. And uh later on there's a death dream, whatever, but <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so You know, it's a really sweet moment. It ends with a nice little hug and a bit of a music sting. Yep, and then they find out that Lisa has a music recital that they need to go to. Yes. So Homer gets to be a parent to both of his two children. Both of his children. Because he only has two, um, to quick, the best of my knowledge. Quick question about the uh, the music recital that we see Lisa performing in. Sure. Um, for a start, I actually want to track down that piece and see how long it actually goes for. Because um, they make it out to the go Schubert's for... Schubert's Unfinished Symphony. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it starts at five, and it ends... Basically, at quarter to eight, mm. seems like a very long piece for eight-year-olds to be playing. Yeah, very long, very complex. Very long, very complex. Do you think the three live cannon that they had on the stage? Do you think that's too much for an eight-year-old performance? My thinking was traditionally in a performance like that, you would want at least four. So oh, to me, so three was... so they've they, they've scaled it back for the eight-year-olds. Mm. So to me, it was like a B plus performance. Uh, that's still really good, though. Marge says to Homer that Lisa has come a long way with her fingering on the saxophone. Now, this made me think of the movie Alien Covenant, don't worry. <laughs> the movie Alien Covenant, which had a scene in it where there are two robots. They're both identical robots. If you haven't seen Alien Covenant, this is not really a spoiler. And even if it was, the movie's fucking garbage, so don't worry about it. There are two identical robots, and... One of them wants to teach the other one how to play the flute because this is the kind of fucking movie what? this is. What? So he hands him this flute and he's Are like... Are you taking the piss? No. He says, just blow into it. I'll do the fingering. And that was a great moment in the cinema. Fucking hell. A robot telling his identical robot friend, I'll do the fingering. Oh. You blow into this. Oh my goodness. Oh, your goodness. And I, I, I have further lost respect for... Cinema. And later on, there's an alien. It's bad. It's very bad. And I say that as somebody who quite likes Prometheus. Sure. Yeah. It's you and Justin Hamilton. Oh, really? Ah, Justin Justin and I have a movie in common. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. After a whole, um, what was it, interstellar Mm -hmm. stoush. This is very specific, but if anyone out there has listened to the episode of Justin Hamilton's podcast. Called Can You Take This Photo, Please, is the name of the podcast. And it was an episode from... Uh, August 2016, where James and I get a mention. Yeah. It was before I got laryngitis, which was handy. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to speak to him. I'm weirded out by how specific your memory is of this. Uh... Well, no, cause I, I remember it because we listened to that episode as we drove back from that football game that we attended. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But yes, he mentions specifically getting into an argument with somebody about the movie Interstellar. And that's someone was me. An owl. It was me, James. An owl. And owl. 
Oh yeah. Calling back to my own to our own joke. Yeah, Harry Potter. And yeah. um yeah, the and he says on the podcast that he hopes that I knew that he was joking. And Justin, if you're listening, I'm coming for you, Justin. You don't know when it's gonna happen. You don't know where. I'm not coming for you at all. I should not make vague threats on a podcast. I actually can think you, you're a good dude. Can you please not threaten one of my favorite comedians with death? Did That's... you not listen to the second half of that threat where no. I dialed it back down? No, because I was, my mouth was open. I was aghast. I... <laughs> Your mouth was open so you couldn't hear anymore? Sorry, is mouth open not the same as <laughs> having your ears shut? Is what? There, is there, that was me doing a callback scene in episode I know one. the callback. All right. Um, okay, so this episode centers heavily around skateboarding. Yep. Bark because... Oh, hang on. Do you, did you want to talk about the... the I'm just reading my notes and realizing that most of them are about Truckosaurus and the idea that Bart is dead. They're both the, uh, the, de- <laughs> the, the, the demon of Hell's Kitchen. I see. Um, I really like that when Truckosaurus wrecks their car as a... Uh, compensation they're given half a bottle of truckosaurus branded champagne i had uh, forgotten that completely and yes. i laughed very hard at it for about yes. a minute domestic champagne which is truckosaurus <laughs> branded half a bottle too yeah marvelous have you ever been given half a bottle of champagne i've been given a full bottle of champagne oh we talked about this on a previous episode last ep- yeah no. no not last episode maybe episode five yes yeah, so it was episode five yeah. has have you drank it yet i have not it is still unopened well, maybe once we hit like seven million downloads, that'll be the seven million. Yeah, but James, that's four episodes away. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm really enthusiastic about getting a big spike in plays in the next couple of episodes. <laughs> Mamma mia! What else have I got in this one? This is, uh, this is the first appearance of Doctor Hibbert, which I think is interesting. I oh, that is interesting. Doctor Hibbert. Yeah, because. His voice sounded a little bit more James L. Jones than it yeah, does. Yeah, for sure. In, yeah. He's I thought definitely... I was convinced that you were saying, yeah, it was voiced by James L. Jones because you've read the book. No, no, no. I'm, I'm actually not sure who voices Hebert. It's, it's presumably not a African-American man, which is a problem. But uh, part of my thinking here was Dr. Hebert in his first incarnation here, just a fairly standard doctor who shows up and he loves television and he talks about how all the injuries children are sustaining is worth it for the hours of entertainment we're getting from television. Sure. But it got me thinking about what Dr. Hibbert becomes as the show goes on. And of course, Dr. Hibbert is meant to be in part a parody of Dr. Cosby. Yes. Bill Cosby. And that becomes more and more of a thing as the show goes on. Voiced by Harry Shearer. Okay. Good old Harry Shearer. And, uh... I mean, that puts everything into a very different context these days. It does indeed. Now that we, I mean, have heard, now that we, you know, have personally been told about these things that I suppose people always knew Bill Cosby was doing, but people weren't really talking about. Yeah. 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 I'm not so sure about Hibbert anymore. Yeah, I mean, he he might be fine. I don't know. He's, He's... I mean, it seems weird that they would base, you know... Well, the reason they did it originally was because... Because it was going up against Cosby? Yeah. See, I know some things. Yeah. I'm not all just like blank stares during Alien Covenant. <laughs> God, Alien Covenant. You would be blank staring during that film. 
I really want to play the flute. That's my <laughs> that's my robot voice. Yeah, that's uh, that's what Michael Fassbender sounds like in the movie. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Oh, it's me, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> hello, I play the it's flute. Me. I do. My old bloody Fassbender. Not a lot, but we know that. <laughs> you weren't meant to blow the bloody doors off. I can't wait to do that thing where we listen back to this episode and I go, oh, my Michael Caine impression is not as good as I thought it was. That's disappointing. Also seems like we didn't really talk about The Simpsons on that one. No, on the, <laughs> this whole episode. Uh, speaking of, the, so as I mentioned before, this episode features skateboarding very heavily. Mm. Um, so my most important question to you Skate franchise or Tony Hawk franchise? Ah, Tony Hawk for sure. Ah, oh, you're so wrong. I'm a. I go back. I go old school. I not that long ago replayed Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. Sure. Because I was reviewing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five, Fine. and I thought, hey, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three, that was a good game. Unlike this one, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five. So I went back to play the third one, and it was really good. Sure, sure it really sure, held sure. up. Yeah, see, I I played the Tony Hawk games, and then as soon as Skate came out, I went, oh my god, I know it's not realistic to do, like, you know, kickflips by flicking the analog controller in yeah, this Yeah, as manner. opposed to pressing B, which to, is very yes, realistic. Exactly, <laughs> but it felt so much more tangible in the Skate franchise. I really enjoyed Skate well, tell you what, Skate I've got a copy 2. Of- Skate 2, I lost decades in Skate 2. Decades of my life. Which decades? The 70s, the 80s. Ah, okay. That's Half a real shame. The yeah. 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and today. That's an outdated radio slogan. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I have a copy of Skate 3 at home. Yet to play it, but I have it. Skate 3... I was 3... going through some receipts the other day. I found I bought it for $7. Nice. Uh, Skate 3 is a little too sunshiny for me, because Skate 2 has a cool element where... Are you saying that it's like Super Mario Sunshine, the black sheep of the 3D Mario games? Sure. Um, uh... Also, what in a more specific way, what I'm saying is that in Skate 2, there was an element of you were not allowed to skate in that city and you had the police chasing you down and banning you from areas. Until I hate shit like that usually in a game, though. Yeah, I know, but it gave it this really cool dark, rebellious thing, whereas Skate 3, it was, hey, good news, the skaters are wine, we can skate everywhere now. And I was like, oh, I kind of liked the the kind of need for speed element of trying to get away from heat. So what you're saying is that Skate 2 is the but the daredevil of skate games and Skate 3 is the episode 300 with Tony Hawk of skate games. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, that's good. That's good. So eventually Bart is going to jump the Springfield Gorge. And I assume that Springfield had a president who had a ramp-shaped face. And then as a monument to the president, in the vein of Mount Rushmore, they carved the ramp-shaped face into the side of the cliff, and that's why there is inexplicably a ramp in this cliff. Would you agree with my interpretation? I mean, my take was just that Jebediah Springfield was radical, (laughs) and that's why it happened. I can see that. Is he holding a skateboard in the statue that Bart cuts the head off? (laughs) <laughs> I think if he was holding a skateboard, Bart would have had a little more respect for that statue because True that. I might be misremembering this, but I'm pretty sure that we concluded that statues are very important and regardless of who the statue is, we should respect them utterly, even if they're a vicious 
political despot of some kind. I thought we said statues were fucking pointless. You, you might be right, actually. It might have been Wait, you edit these episodes. Did you take every sentence we said and reverse it, thereby changing its meaning? I just, I just cut them so they sound different. Ah. Uh. So, that's why if you listen back to some of the episodes, you say things like, I like to uh, eat ass. <laughs> sure. And uh, my <laughs> name is Winkle Dickbottom. <laughs> you know, things like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, those are the best examples I could come up with also, on the spot. I, I like the implication that at some point I've said the word winkle and you were able to cut it out of context. Hey, Nick, what did you just say? Ah! Oh, <laughs> there it goes. You're gone, done, and got me. Okay. Um, there's another sweet moment in this episode. There are two. Yep. They, they, they top and tail it with sweet Bart Homer moments. Um, where Homer goes to rescue Bart from the top of the ramp. Yeah. Um, and then says, well, I now have to go down it myself so that you learn a lesson about what yeah. it's like to re- see a family member risk their life doing something stupid. And then, I, had a, I had a weird reaction to that scene, actually, where please? Homer goes and says, I'm going to skate down. Do you Is require this- some kind of cream or ointment to deal with this weird reaction? <laughs> Is it a topical reaction? Have you broken out in a rash? Is that a rash? Uh, just these are just my usual rashes, everyday rashes. Uh, of bacon, because we're <laughs> oh, men on the internet. Mamma mia. Rashes of bacon. Ha, pwned. Someone, uh, what's that base thing? All our base are belong to, to us. us. Bacon, avocado on, on, on bread. The internet. Can't, can't afford to buy a house because of avocado. Oh, man. But anyway, um... When rashes of bacon. <laughs> Alright, fuck off. <laughs> we, uh, when Homer. <laughs> That's fair. When Homer goes to stop Bart and says, I will jump the gorge myself. I had this sort of complex reaction to that. I'm watching, I was thinking, to me, this seems like very good parenting, but I don't actually know. Is it? Is this actually a good thing to do? Is this a reasonable thing? Do you just, like, talk to the child or. Like, is threatening to kill yourself to prevent your child from doing something that might kill themselves a smart thing to do? And I'm genuinely um, not sure. And I feel like it's interesting that I'm even at a point in my life where I consider something like that. Like, it's something that is worth considering seriously. I feel like for a, for a young child, watching a parent almost die, probably going to cause more trauma than it's worth. Um, but hey, I don't know. I'm not a parent, despite your weird riff of earlier. <laughs> Poor Claudia. This, uh... It was Clara. <laughs> yeah, well, there was two of them. Oh, shit. The, um, the other thing this feeds directly into is my new theory about The Simpsons and the world they live in. Sure. And cartoons in general. Yeah. I've got this theory that cartoons in the cartoon world they live in yeah. cannot die from falling off a cliff. Interesting. I think it is impossible for a cartoon character to die from falling off a cliff. Your your the sources you're citing are this episode of The Simpsons. Yep. A few later episodes of The Simpsons. Yes. A couple of episodes of Family Guy. Probably. And all of the Chuck Jones Looney Tunes oeuvre. Yeah, that coyote fellow. Yeah. Wiley. He's always slipping. Wiley Coyote. He'd be slipping and then he you know genius. Yeah. Um uh, I don't think Wiley Coyote is the only character that falls off a cliff in Looney Tunes. Well, who else have we got? Like, uh, Daffy Duck? 
Dafford. Yep, Dafford Duck and uh, sure. and Boogs Bunny. Boogs. Yep. You know, there's an episode of um, Bugs Bunny. Uh, no, an episode with Daffy and Porky Pig, and it's called Boobs in the Woods. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, that's no, pretty good. <laughs> What's What happens? I don't know. I've got it on my um, network hard drive. I'll watch it later. Okay. Sick. All right, good. But, um, yeah, so Homer goes tumbling down the cliff. Yep. Badly hurts himself. And then in what Creates is... Creates the website Tumblr on the way down. <laughs> yes. Which was... Uh, he was well ahead of his time. So far ahead of his time. And then, by far, my favorite scene of the episode, he gets lifted back up... Put into an ambulance, which immediately drives into a tree. Directly into a tree. Yeah, he falls back out. And this oh. is such a cartoonish moment of fucking lunacy that I love and adore it deeply. It is wonderful. I particularly enjoy the ambulance gets nowhere. And I understand <laughs> that for the joke to work, the ambulance needs to go a short enough distance that Homer's wheeled hospital bed can roll out, or the wheeled ambulance bed can roll out of the ambulance and back off the cliff. But they don't even try. They don't even try to put, like, you know, a turn or any kind of incident in place. It just accelerates full bore into a tree. It doesn't even be... It doesn't seem to be going particularly fast, either. And yet, it is destroyed. Yeah, and the back door bursts open and bursts. Homer goes falling down, falls Wonderful. down the cliff and, um, you know, obviously death dream after that, but whatever. It's not important. No, and, it's not. Yeah, and then Homer is in the hospital... Talking to Lance Murdoch and saying, you know, my son was not ready to take on the mantle of Daredevil and it was not fair of you to foist it on him. Foist? Yeah. So I don't recall a, hearing the word foist. No, those were his exact words as I made it out. Foist. Foist. As in, like, in that's front of... That's when, like, you know, you go in on front a YouTube video and nobody else has commented yet. Yeah. That's the comment you would make. Yeah. If you're a little uh, cockney... Co- cockney kid? <laughs> cockney kid. I got here, foist! Oh, uh, you were trying to figure out the right noun there, and you settled on kid. Yeah, no, sorry, I was trying to figure out the right accent. <laughs> hey, did I tell you the accent realization I had the other day? No. There must be an accent somewhere in the world, and I suspect it's around Northern Ireland-ish, in which parrot and pirate sound similar enough... Oh, yeah, you tell me about this. ...that there's a kid... Well, I'm going to do it for the podcast. I feel like maybe you did it on the podcast, but maybe not. I'll cut it if you did, Shit. it's fine. But the, so somewhere in the world, there's an accent where pirate and parrot sound similar enough that there's a kid who thinks pirates have smaller pirates on their shoulders, or as one of my friends pointed out, that parrots have poorer, smaller parrots on their shoulders, which is actually a much better interpretation. I of like that the idea that pirates have a uh, polar pa- polar parrots. On there. That seems like a name of an entertainer. Polar parrot, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome polar parrots. Why do birds? Suddenly appear every time I'm here because she's a parrot. It's going to be interesting to see just how much of this I cut. <laughs> well, we've been recording for an hour and five minutes, so I hope you've enjoyed your 17 minute long episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick. So, thoughts overall? You enjoyed these episodes? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed them both quite a bit. Um, yeah. uh, they're both pretty solid episodes. They, these, these are both episodes which. Um, uh, you know, you see them a lot in the kind of late to mid 2000s kind of every day when The Simpsons was on Channel 10 at six o'clock. Um, I feel like these two were like the only two of the only five episodes that they ever played in that time <laughs> slot. Yeah. So I've seen them a lot, but they both hold up. They're both really good. Yeah. By the Daredevil, especially strong episode. Strong episode. 
Five versus Thanksgiving, also pretty good. Strong episode. Mm-hmm. Who could ever, yes, yes. who could ever forget, um, Daredevil lawyer Rupert Murdoch or, or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was you were talking about? That would be a very different episode. Very different episode. I'm Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> and I'm gonna rob from the rich and keep it for myself. <laughs> I'm Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> so. Thanks for listening. Yep. Uh, I feel like. You know, listening back to some of the earlier episodes, I've done that whole, like, uh, you know, please listen to us and uh, give us a review on iTunes, but I do it with so little sincerity that I uh, feel like maybe I should actually say quite seriously, you know, you listen to a lot of podcasts, I listen to a lot of podcasts, yep. and they always say, if you like us, you know, tell your friends about it, leave a review on iTunes, do all of that, and now that we're actually doing a podcast... I'm thinking, oh, these things actually do matter. I should also be telling people to do all of these mm. things. That's not just a frivolous thing. I should be, you know, playing off as a joke. Sure. If you do like the podcast, please follow us on Twitter, Keith Springfield. Follow us on Facebook, Pods in the Key of Springfield. Review us on iTunes. Shout our name from the roof of your house. Send us an email for some reason. Yeah. Pods in the key Springfield at gmail.com. You have to tell us uh, that you love, or don't, if you hate us, don't worry about it. We don't care. Uh, if your vile, putrid abuse doesn't fit into 140 characters, send us an email. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, on Twitter. Who are you on Twitter? I'm Nick Ibis. N-I-C-K. You're Nick I- Ibis? Yeah. Then who have I been talking to all this time? Michael Irvine. Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> and I am J I C K L E, spelt Jekyll, pronounced Jekyll. Don't worry about the story behind it, not that interesting. What a world we live in. What a world. And I say to myself, what a wonderful world. Man, you're going to do that thing where you listen back to the recording and be like, oh man, nailed my, it. My- Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that was good, Mr. Egg. I'll take it. <laughs> Sweet. All right, so, Woozle Wazzle. Oh, I change my quote every time, don't I? Um, Hi. <laughs> oh, fuck. I just did that as a quote. It's AFL correction is the most pedantic thing I've said on this podcast so far. And I've said a lot of... My brand on this podcast is being pedantic. <laughs> Pedantry is your brand. thought we maybe talked about the Simpsons less than usual, but that's okay. I think that's fine.